Hi, and welcome to the Breadwinner Podcast. I'm Niels Brian Lowe, and each episode, I talk to a guest about how they're maximizing value from investments in technology like Salesforce and NetSuite. Yep, yep, I know, a podcast about CRM and accounting software integration sounds dreadful. But Breadwinner is out talking to customers, to partners, and to technical folks every day about this stuff. Breadwinner are constantly amazed by the business value that's being unleashed in this space. So, we've recorded some of those conversations to share here. Full disclosure, this podcast is brought to you by Breadwinner, who provide products that integrate Salesforce with ERP platforms, accounting systems, and payment providers. But the purpose of this podcast isn't to sell products. If you'd like to know more, head over to breadwinner.com. Otherwise, do just join us for today's conversation. Hello, and welcome to the Breadwinner podcast. I'm pleased to be joined today by Andre Bannier. Andre is the Director of Customer Solutions and Enablement at Big Bang, headquartered in Montreal, Canada, with a global delivery footprint. Uh, welcome, Andre. Do, do start by telling us a little bit about Big Bang and uh, what your firm does. Hey, Niels. Uh, happy to be here with you today. So yeah, um, Big Bang, we're a boutique consulting firm specialized in cloud solutions. Um, like you mentioned, we're headquartered here in Montreal, but we do have a global footprint. So we're, we're happy and, and proud to have offices in Paris, Mauritius, London, and Toronto. Uh, we mainly do implementation and integration of cloud solutions such as Salesforce, NetSuite, Sagintac, and many others um, on the market. Excellent. How, how do I get a, how do I get a job in your uh, your Mauritius office? That's my my first question. Um, but uh, <laughs> more, more more seriously, I mean, you know, what are the big themes that you're seeing in the market at the moment? You know, particularly the themes for connecting uh, NetSuite or back office ERP to customer edge technologies like Salesforce. Absolutely. So, what do we see now compared to a couple of years ago? And it's it's very interesting that you mention it because I'm I'm currently working on a couple of deals right right this moment. Is what we used to see in the past is usually you know you want to connect your CRM to your ERP and you just want to connect um, the basic information, contacts, accounts, and that's pretty much it. Right. That's also how in the past most of the folks were using their CRM as purely customer relationship management. Now what we're trying what we're seeing more and more is really using your CRM as a Salesforce automation tool where you do a lot of processes up front, right? We're starting to starting to see clients doing more billing out of their out of their Salesforce, uh, more revenue management as well out of Salesforce with Salesforce bring CPQ. Uh, bring a revenue cloud, bringing Einstein. We started to see processes that usually happen in the back end of the ERP, more to the front end and more in the hands of the reps um, directly. So now we need to migrate or we need to integrate those objects and those processes from Salesforce to NetSuite. So the integrations are becoming a bit more complex, right? We're not just pushing contacts and accounts. We're not pushing orders, we're pushing maybe subscription, we're pushing billing elements, we might also be pushing revenue recognition information. And we need to make sure that those integration now are, are robust, are strong, because they're also becoming the backbone of, of, of the, the company itself, right? We work a lot with SaaS companies. Um, that's also where we see you know, most of the growth in the market is SaaS companies. And 
what do they do? Well, they build, right? That's that, that's their business. That's their business model is to do recurring revenue. So we need to make sure that all that process, all those processes are automated, and that the integration runs smoothly. Because if it's down, then we're lacking. You know, we're missing information. The the the, the business is down. We're not be, being able to invoice correctly. So yeah, that's kind of what we see in the market. Very interesting. A lot of ways to approach it. We've seen some clients doing some custom integration, which again, might have worked in the past when they were simple, but now they're not so simple anymore. So that's why we need, you know, a strong, a strong connector such as breadwinner to be able to do it seamlessly, to be able to do it fast, quick, to monitor it and, and to not have it become a liability. It's, I mean, it's fascinating that you see that theme of the of a functionality moving from a traditional back office uh, domain capability out to the customer edge uh, tech stack, because that's certainly a theme that uh, that we see, and I personally have seen in my career. You know, over the last five ten years, it's been quite a big, uh, quite a big shift. Uh, one thing we think a lot about a breadwinner, and I, I wonder if you 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 consider these as well or see this in the market is. The separation of concerns between these different types of activities is starting to blur. They're, they're, they're shifting. So uh, yeah. you know, one of the things we do as a product is try and maintain the separation of concerns. You know, When we're, we're integrated to a billing system, we let Stripe be Stripe. When we're integrating Salesforce to an ERP, we let the ERP system do core ERP functionality. Uh, we don't try and turn Salesforce into a billing engine. We try and connect Salesforce to a billing platform. Um, mm-hmm. And I just wonder, you know, th- th- there are advantages and disadvantages to both i wonder you know with this flux whether you see uh, that issue of domain separation of concerns becoming more complex for customers it, it certainly is becoming more and more complex uh, especially with the tools you mentioned you know like i said salesforce now you could technically do your own billing inside of salesforce same thing with stripe do you use stripe only for payments or, or do you use stripe billing as well to run your billing and then if you have stripe billing you have salesforce you have netsuite which one of these three tools do what now in your sell cycle or in your order to cash cycle? What's interesting though is now those tools are pretty much hitting maturity. So they work well and you kind of have the ability to choose how you want them to integrate, especially with breadwinner, since you have the ability to choose which objects are synced from one system to the other. Um, you have the ability to play also with, uh, with the frequency. You can decide that for this specific use case, Salesforce is going to do the billing and I'm going to push the orders to NetSuite as subscription or vice versa. In another use case, I can then let Stripe Billing do the whole billing process and push invoices into NetSuite and just let NetSuite be my GL, which I'm seeing more and more, you know, clients that used to use NetSuite as a whole fledged ERP. And now they're kind of only using it as a GL, which it's still great because NetSuite is multi-entity, multi-currency, multi-localization. Um, but other tools are now taking part of the process. Um, and I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I've seen so many architectures and they all work, right? The big question is you need to understand what's your flow in your business and also people, right? Who is doing which activity um, at which part of the process? And do they need access to the system or not? I think that's also what, what we're trying to see. What we're seeing now is in a world where we have multiple application, that means multiple licenses, we need to start looking at who has access to which license. And there's, especially now in 2023, with uh, a lot of companies trying to cut costs, they might decide that, you know, let's, instead of having my rep have access to both Salesforce and NetSuite, let's put as much as I can inside of Salesforce and 
only have one license. So that's what we see a lot. We And that's also what we do a lot now with clients is trying to optimize their licenses so that they're able to cut under cost. And that usually implies integrations, right? Instead of having access to two or three systems, now I can only have access to one. And I can push back information from, Salesforce, from let's say, NetSuite back to Salesforce so that I see, is my invoice paid? Is it outstanding? Now my CSM has access to all that information. And they're only living in one system. So yeah, that's a, that's that's what I see more and more. That's also what our clients are asking more and more from us uh, now in, in in 2023. I mean, that's certainly a theme that, uh, that 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 I see. And and you know, as you say, there are there are a large number of of great architectural patterns to solve for all kinds of different uh, uh, different use cases. I wonder, you know, if we step back one level from from the 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 use cases and the the integration patterns. You know what are the what are the things you'd advise your clients as the best practice when they start to consider how to do this? You know what, what does good look like even before they start working out the pattern? What kind of things should clients be be considering before even diving into the weeds of okay, what pattern do I want to drive this? Um, I think the best thing to do is to whiteboard. I know it's pretty generic, but try to map your process on paper and try to do your customer journey on paper and identify, you know, what are the different steps that you need to take, um, who's involved. Um, and then once you have it on paper, then you can start doing, uh, it's like a Lego, right? It's like building blocks, which system is going to be part of which activity, and then trying to assemble everything to have, you know, you also want to have the least amount of integrations, even though we're in an era of cloud solution, we're in an era of open API, we're in an era of multi-breed approach, uh, best of breed approach. Um, but I've seen cases where people are going overboard with it. Too many integration is is not the is not the, the solution. And I've also seen clients trying to, like you said, jump in in applications before understanding what their process is. So I'd say, yeah, st- take a step back, put it on paper, trying to map it, trying to make, uh, ask yourself, does it make sense here? Um, do I have, from, from what I see on paper, do I have to jump back and forth between systems? Um, and do I have continuity in my sense? Because in the end, that's what you want. You want continuity and the least amount of, of interference. Make, make sense that that kind of customer centric design has, uh, has has really come to the forefront over the past uh, uh, past few years. I mean, yeah, I guess the inverse of my question is, you know, what's what's the big thing to watch out for? What what should what should customers uh, avoid? What's the one big gotcha or pitfall that uh, uh, you see customers, uh, you know, where they where they they're driving in the wrong direction and you're trying to you're trying to chivvy them into the right direction? What's what's the big thing to watch out for? Yeah, I would say, um, like I said, be a, be aware of too much right too many systems too many integrations i've seen now clients that in their crm space they might have 10 different applications you know they have their core crm but then um they might have a zoom info and they might have four different products to do lead enrichment you know then stick to one try to simplify um and also try to think long term in tech, it's hard to think more than five years, but try to think three to five years because you are creating your architecture to support your processes. You don't want to change your processes every three, you know, three to six months because then you have to change your architecture and you're going to be in this infinite loop of, I don't want to call it improvement because it's not really improvement if you're changing everything down, if you're scrapping everything and building up again every six months. 
Um, so try to be more in a in an improvement will than in a redesign phase every six months. Um, think long term. Think how do I want to scale? Is my team gonna scale in number, or am I gonna scale by acquisition? Am I going to offer a new product? If so, how's that gonna fit into my current process? Um, and is this sustainable for the next three years? After three years, we can start thinking of redesigning. Uh, but after six months, then you're just wasting money and people are getting frustrated and you're not having the time to train your people correctly. Um, and you're never going to be effective. Well, Andre, I, I super appreciate you, uh, you sharing your insights with our, our listeners here. And, uh, you know, as you know, the purpose of this podcast isn't to sell products or services, but uh, do tell listeners how they can get in touch with Big Bang if, if they have further questions. Of course. So you can always go to our website, which is at uh, bigbang360.com. Um, you'll find a lot of white paper, you'll find a lot of case studies, and there's also the contact us form, um, which will be able to get in touch with us, and then I'll be able to personally get back to you. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Andre. It's been a, a real pleasure to talk to you, and uh, I thank all of our listeners for uh, uh, checking out this podcast and uh, look forward to joining you all again on the next episode of the Breadwinner Podcast. Many thanks, Andre. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Perfect. Absolutely wonderful. Thank you. 